stellate ganglion blockade for ventricular arrhythmias, an effective tool for an ineffective rhythm, by Akshat Gargia, MBBS, anesthesiologist, acute and chronic pain division, Nam K. Lee, MD, anesthesiologist, acute and chronic pain division, and Rani Abdallah, MD, PhD, MBA, resident, Department of Anesthesiology, Temple University Health System, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Sympathectomy has been studied and used for centuries in the treatment of pain and currently has varied applications in pain management. Sympathetic signals from the stellate ganglion, SG, contribute to the pathophysiology of multiple conditions, including complex regional pain syndrome, CRPS, of the upper extremities, postherpetic neuralgia, and arrhythmias. During the early part of the 20th century, scientific theories emerged to explain the role of stellate ganglion blockade, SGB, including blocking adrenergic-induced hypersensitivity and reducing central hyperexcitability by interrupting the coupling of sympathetic non-adrenergic neurons with primary afferent neurons. During World War I, researchers investigated the stellate ganglion structure and function because soldiers with limb injuries manifested complex regional pain syndrome symptoms. By the end of World War II, stellate ganglion block was commonly used to treat complex regional pain syndrome of the head, neck, and upper extremities. As its use grew, the scope of treatment expanded to other pain syndromes, including intractable angina, phantom limb pain, postherpetic neuralgia, cancer pain, ischemic pain, hot flashes, and intractable cardiac arrhythmias. The sympathetic system arises from the thoracolumbar division of the spinal cord, where the sympathetic chain ganglia are positioned at the dorsal and ventral roots. Sympathetic nerve fibers exit the spinal cord through the ventral root and enter the sympathetic chain from the white rami. While in the sympathetic ganglia, some nerves may travel up or down spinal cord levels prior to synapsing, exiting through the gray rami before making their way to end organs. Cervical sympathetic chain ganglia are formed when nerves preganglionic from the thoracic spinal cord, predominantly T1 through T6, communicate in synapse before innervating postganglionic portions of the head, neck, and upper extremities. The cervical ganglion's three paravertebral ganglia, superior, middle, and inferior cervical, provide sympathetic innervation to the blood vessels, structures, eyes, larynx, pharynx, and trachea, and glands, lacrimal, salivary, and thyroid, in the head, neck, and upper extremities. The cervical sympathetic chain also sends signals to the heart through the cardiac plexus. In 80% of the population, the inferior cervical and the first thoracic ganglia fuse to form the cervicothoracic ganglion, which is named the stellate ganglion for its appearance. Stellate ganglion block can be a diagnostic, therapeutic, or even preventive tool. Sympathetic innervation to the head and neck and upper extremities comes from T1 through T3 and T2 through T6, respectively. Hence, stellate ganglion block 
will abolish most sympathetic input to the head, neck, and ipsilateral upper extremities, in addition to blocking the cardiac accelerator fibers, T1 through T4. Cardiac sympathovagal imbalance via accelerated discharge from cardiac accelerator fibers can contribute to various arrhythmias, including electrical storm, for example, multiple ventricular arrhythmias in a short period of time. Management strategies for ventricular tachycardia include drug therapy, implantable cardioverter defibrillators, ICDs, and cardiac radiofrequency catheter ablation. Refractory cases are highly challenging, especially when patients are deemed too sick for conventional ablation treatments. Sympathetic supply plays a significant role in the initiation of ventricular arrhythmias, and sympathectomy has also been reported as a helpful tool. A meta-analysis of 22 unique case series since the 1970s, which included patients whose arrhythmias were not controlled by drug or mechanical support, showed reduction in arrhythmia burden and need for defibrillation after stellate ganglion blockade. Another study also supported the effectiveness of sympathetic blockade in electrical storm patients with recent myocardial ischemia when compared with standard arrhythmic therapy. In cases of myocardial injury, the rationale for the use of stellate ganglion blockade stems from animal studies, which have shown maladaptive remodeling of the autonomic nervous system and spinal cord neuronal pathways after myocardial insult. Sympathetic denervation has also shown its potential usefulness in the treatment of patients with long QT syndrome. In the past year, we have successfully performed five stellate ganglion blockades in patients with uncontrolled ventricular arrhythmias and succeeded in decreasing their frequency. In one case, we achieved a silencing of ventricular arrhythmia for six weeks. We plan to publish our case series in the near future. Stellate ganglion is surrounded by multiple structures, increasing the likelihood of iatrogenic complications during stellate ganglion blockade. Hence, a good understanding of the anatomy is paramount prior to the block. Stellate ganglion lies at the C7 level in between the C7 transverse process and the neck of the first rib. Anterior to the ganglion is the carotid sheath, carotid artery, internal jugular vein, vagus nerve, and the apex of the lung. The vertebral artery also crosses anteriorly to the stellate ganglion before diving deep into the transverse foramen of C6 as it ascends superiorly. Posterior to stellate ganglion lies the C7 transverse process, phrenic nerve, and brachial plexus. Medial to stellate ganglion are the C7 vertebral body, longus colli muscle, esophagus, and trachea, and laterally are the scalene muscles. Inferiorly lies the subclavian artery and the apex of the lung. In a 2017 study, the most common complication noted was hoarseness and dysphagia, seen in 54% of patients. Other less common complications included pneumothorax and contralateral Horner syndrome, both of which manifested in 3% of patients who underwent stellate ganglion blockade.
Retropharyngeal hematoma, although rare, with an incidence of 1 in 100,000 stellate ganglion blockades, may require urgent intubation for airway protection. A need to reduce complications has driven the standard of care away from the initial non-image-guided techniques toward approaches that employ various imaging modalities for localization. For first stellate ganglion blockades, described during the early 20th century, physicians achieved localization with surface landmarks and palpation. Stellate ganglion blockade's target is the C6 tubercle, Chassignac's tubercle, which is a level above the position of stellate ganglion at C7. This allows for local spread to the ganglion and decreases the chances of accidental vertebral artery injury. Currently, ultrasound is the preferred imaging modality because it decreases the chance of intrathecal or intravascular injection and minimizes the possibility of injuries, including recurrent laryngeal nerve paralysis or esophageal perforation to surrounding structures. Other imaging modalities that can be used include fluoroscopy, C-arm, and computed tomography scan. When performing stellate ganglion blockade under ultrasound guidance, the patient is initially placed in the supine position with the neck in slight extension. The ultrasound probe is positioned at the level of the thyroid cartilage, which usually correlates to the C6 level. Local anesthetics can be used for patient comfort. Following a lateral, in-plane approach, a 22G needle is directed to the paravertebral fascia between the carotid artery and the tip of the C6 anterior tubercle. Local anesthetic, 8 to 10 milliliters, is injected in the paravertebral fascia plane. The patient should then be monitored for signs of a successful block which include ipsilateral development of Horner syndrome, ptosis, meiosis, and anhydrosis, nasal congestion, facial flushing, or increase in temperature of the upper extremity. Double-blinded randomized trials and long-term patient follow-up to prove the efficacy of sympathectomy in patients with intractable ventricular arrhythmia are still lacking. Further research is required to investigate conventional or pulsed radiofrequency ablation of the stellar ganglion as a potential tool for the prevention of ventricular arrhythmias. Current indications for stellate ganglion blockade include chronic head and neck pain and complex regional pain syndrome, and some case reports have shown encouraging results for patients with ventricular arrhythmias. Stellate ganglion blockade can be a blessing in the debilitated cardiac patient population, many of whom suffer regularly from ventricular arrhythmias and associated distress of repeat ICD firing. Currently, stellate ganglion blockade may be a valuable tool for pain physicians and cardiologists when treating patients with refractory ventricular arrhythmias who have failed conventional therapeutic and electrophysiological stimulation.